0: Hello, I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and despite all my warning, you're listening to Microphones of Madness. Hey
1: everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there. Steve. Ahoy! Ahoy! Today we are doing something we've been waiting three years to do. Uh, We're starting a discussion of Clark Ashton Smith stories Um, We're going to do three over the course of November We're going to start today with the the tale of Satantra Zeros This was the first Hyperborea story And also the first appearance of Sathagwa
0: Yeah, the big hairy toad The
1: bat-eared toad-faced dude now this story was written uh November 1929. Yep. And poor Clark had to wait a couple of years before it saw a publication. Weird Tales picked it up
0: yep. in November
1: of 31.
0: Well it was a, it was initially rejected. Um uh, and then I guess Weird Tales had a change of heart and and ended up publishing it. And which kind of like weirds out the timeline a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Lovecraft loved Cthulhu so much that he put him in the uh, Whisper in, in the Darkness or Whisper in Darkness, um, just as a throwaway mention line. But that story ended up being published by Weird Tales a few, like in the issue or the or two issues before the issue that had this tale in it. So you you get um, this period where Sathagwa was falsely attributed to H.P. Lovecraft. Hmm. So it's
1: kind of like that whole X Men Doom Patrol kind of thing,
0: right? Right, except that, um, yeah, I guess you're right. Exactly, because the the X Men was was the the copy, but got more that, acclaim than the original.
1: Right, and they were only a few months apart in debut. Right.
0: But now and I don't think it was malicious on Lovecraft's part. I think, you know, they were buddies. And, right, they were, and, and and they that's the kind of thing they did. It wasn't it wasn't like today where, you know Smith would sue Lovecraft over, you know, the creation of Sathwa Well maybe he would today, but back then, you know, it was all fine. They were all all pals.
1: Right. You had you had uh, Clark Ashton Smith, Robert E. Howard. H.P. Lovecraft, several other guys in that in that group, and kind of came up with the idea of the shared universe before the idea of the shared universe.
0: Yeah. So it's it's just it's just kind of funny how things pan out. Now, obviously, today there's quote unquote scholarship on this stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, everything's ironed out, and people know what pegs go where. Right. But uh, generally speaking, the average person doesn't
1: know all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah the average person doesn't even give a shit, though. In, in, in uh, fact, you have, you know, Clark, Ashton Smith, one of the big three of Weird Tales. Most folks don't even know him. He doesn't have the brand recognition of Cthulhu or Conan, um, but he is, particularly in the tale of September Zeroes, the middle ground between the two.
0: No, he really is. And I think, you know, maybe, like, subconsciously fantasy writers owe a lot more to Clark Ashton Smith than to either Lovecraft or Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you have like big names coming out of Howard and Lovecraft. You've got Cthulhu, you've got Conan, but if you look at how characters are actually portrayed in a lot of literature, that isn't, that isn't like just trying to flat out copy um, Howard or Lovecraft. mm mm-hmm. You, you have that, that kind of character that you see in this story. Um, for example, the Eyes of the Overworld, that whole dying Earth, um, Jack Vance's dying Earth, mm-hmm. he owes everything to, to Clark Ashton Smith. His characters are the same kind of roguish, devil-may-care um, characters with, with just poor luck. Which you don't right. find in Conan at all, because you know God forbid Conan makes a mistake,
1: yeah, Conan, you know uh, we mentioned in the past that Conan being kind of the uh, alter ego for Robert E Howard, the yeah. idealized everything Robert E. Howard wanted to be is Conan,
0: yeah, and um even now it's I was thinking about this earlier today, even like the peripheral characters in the Conan movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger that everybody loves all those peripheral characters are Clark Ashton Smith types as opposed to Robert E. Howard types Mm -hmm. so I mean you you as a listener might not have read well you probably listened to this you probably have but you might not have read Clark Ashton Smith you might not be familiar with a lot of his works you might have heard the name not read anything who knows you're very familiar with his style and you're very familiar with his characters. If you've read a large body of uh, sword and sorcery.
1: I, and I think Clark Ashton Smith is the unsung hero of fantasy role play as well.
0: Yeah. I, I
1: is hyperborea is more dungeons and dragons than
0: Tolkien is. Oh, yeah, well, Tolkien, I mean, you
1: know, but Howard and Tolkien get all the credit for being high and low fantasy. But you have Clark Ashton Smith, which is kind of, again, a a middle ground. He was a poet, primarily, and his prose really contains this lyrical quality. It does. Because everybody in hyperborea is educated, Harvard educated.
0: It, that's, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Which is a great way to start this. Um, we start off with, with the line: I, tempera Zeros of Uzildarum, shall write with my left hand, since I have no longer any other, the tale of everything that befell. Tiro Vomphalios and myself in the shrine of the god of Sothagua, which lies neglected by the worship of man in the jungle taken suburbs of Comorium, that long deserted capital of the Hyperborean rulers. That's one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) One sentence. And he tells you a lot. He tells you a lot. And it's very, it's that Weird Tales lofty writing. Mm -hmm. it's 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 stylized Uh, you know obviously we all know that that lovecraft does it (laughs) that's his thing you know he never met an adjective he didn't like right Um,
1: insane of adjectives
0: i call him um robert howard he does it as well um
1: and, and and sometimes sometimes but robert howard can also get down and just write real gritty Plain language kind of stuff.
0: He can, but he does... He, he likes to throw
1: the, a little flourish in there once does, in a while.
0: This is the word fuse.
1: Yes. He loves the word fuse. So... And can uh, you blame him? Fuse is a great word.
0: No, it is a great word. But I think that you have this style of uh, old weird tales that, that... And maybe it's because it's the way Poe wrote. Mm-hmm. That you have this lyrical... Um prose that is a little bit uh, I, I don't want to say above, but removed from everyday language
1: yeah, yeah it uh, it does it does kind of cast you back a little bit because the language itself is a little archaic, and you kind of get this grandiose fantasy kind of feel uh reading it, you know it it really because it's not uh, a type of language that's talking you know like you and I are talking now in our street English.
0: Um, I'm on a converted porch, so it's converted porch English. Well,
1: whatever, whatever you want to call it, the low English. And then you have Clark Ashton Smith, Robert Howard, a lot of these weird tale writers using this high English.
0: Yeah. And, and it, it kind of does take like a, a, someone who is, is educated a little, you know, it reminds them of Shakespeare, mm-hmm. um, that kind of language that is used in a lot of the stuff that you're forced to read in in school. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it does it does kind of lend that air of um, authenticity to it, and because these are tales that took place before time itself was invented.
1: Yeah, and that's it's it's really interesting to to read Clark Ashton Smith and other weird tales writers. And then turn around and read someone like Walter Gibson writing The Shadow or, um, you know, some of the detective fiction. I
0: I was going to say, like, Mickey Spillane or stuff like that. Right. Dashiell
1: Hammett, things like this. I, I, I think of Walter Gibson primarily because he was also, you know, a huge pulp writer at the time. You know, pretty much concurrent with these guys. And he did a lot with atmosphere and and dramatic scenes and things of this nature but didn't quite use the same type of English but really got the point across just the same right
0: hey, well it's also it's a different it's a different kind of story mm-hmm. um I mean, I, I'd have to go back and and read through stuff but if you have somebody like I want to say Howard because Howard wrote in a lot of different Styles like mm-hmm. he would have boxing stories and desert adventure stories and right sword and sorcery stories and you know just different different um, tropes that he would use and I wonder how because I've never done a comparison how his language differs from um, character to character and setting to setting and if if it even does it, it might not I might be giving him too much credit.
1: Oh, I'm sure I'm sure the Robert Howard scholars out there are probably like, You don't know this Shame on you, you bastards thinking you have a talk show on the internet talking about uh, books. Fucks.
0: Fortunately for us, this show this particular show is about Clark Assange Smith.
1: That's right.
0: Not Robert E. Howard, so it's Correct great. anyway.
1: That is right. And we are not a literary criticism show. We are a literary. Hodgepodge. Circus.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Literary jugglers.
1: Now. The tale of Subtentra Zeros. Is. In an elevator pitch. A survivor of the tomb of horrors. Writing a letter to. All the other players. It will don't, come in the future.
0: Don't go there.
1: <laughs> don't fucking go there. No matter how much they tell you you can gain, how much gold is there, how many precious stones. They tell you that you, you could walk through the streets and just find precious stones just laying around. Don't believe it,
0: don't, but don't go there. Don't go near the old city of uh, Camorium. That's right. So it's a it's a buddy story.
1: It's a buddy story. I was going to say it was a crime
0: comedy. It's a crime comedy. It's kind of a caper story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it owes a lot to um, to uh, the Hound Lovecraft's the Hound, mm-hmm. and to the uh, statement of Randolph Carter just in the the uh, relationship between um, Satampra Zeros and his buddy. Uh, Tiro Palios Amphalios. Amphalios. Is, is
1: a heterosexual life mate.
0: Yeah, I mean Possibly. It, we're we're assuming that. Yeah, I mean they I I've always felt that the that the um characters in The Hound were homosexual. Um, I, I, there could be a an argument made that these guys were lovers
1: possibly they could be they could not be they could be it doesn't matter
0: yeah it doesn't it doesn't really have an impact on the story but just the fact that you have these two um two guys who are really good thieves right that, now that. one
1: thing before we get into how good a thieves they were one it thing was- that really strikes me about this story is that clark ashton smith doesn't describe these characters at all well, we have no one, idea what they look like. Except for one man. Right. right Satampra Zeros is missing at his right hand. Otherwise, they are blank slates that we can just project our imaginations upon. Uh, possibly even, you know, let Satampra Zeros be us for a moment or some random Hyperborean who stumbles across this
0: letter. Now, uh Hey, September Zeroes could be a woman. Very true. Um, you know, you, I, I'm assuming that that uh, they're male because I'm male and I put myself in 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 their shoes. But you know, you can have women. They could be women. I mean, they really are.
1: Just yes, the the names are kind of like genderless.
0: Yeah, the names are they're. Completely made up. Mm -hmm. You you could not argue either way that that's, oh, that's definitely a male name, or that's not. I mean, really, like you said, they're whatever you want them to be. Mm -hmm.
1: So, anybody who reads it, you can easily project yourself into the world of Hyperborea. And And, and there they are.
0: The only thing you know about them is they're great thieves. Mm-hmm. So, so great com- that they put themselves out of business. They're currently down on their luck. Temporary embarrassed, embarrassed millionaires. Because uh, everybody's wary because they've been robbed. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and it was Satantra and uh, Tirov who probably did it. Yeah, now I mean, these guys, Satamtra Zeros you know, tells you first off, don't go to the city of Comorium no matter what they tell you. Right. And then he goes by goes into reinforcing that like look, me and my boy are okay. the right, me and my pal are the best of the best. We have done the impossible.
0: And he does a lot of humble bragging too or she does. They they do, he, yeah. There's a lot of humble bragging happening. Um you know, they they are the ones that Sto- that stole the jewels of Queen uh, Conumbria which were guarded by two score venomous reptiles.
1: We broke the adamantine box of Macronium. <laughs> right.
0: Which had all like the old war medals of uh, the, the old, older Hyperborean kings. Right.
1: We broke it open.
0: Yeah. And they did it while it was being guarded. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to do it in absolute silence, and you know, so it, there's, there's definitely, there's a lot of this humble bragging. Like, know, we won't get into that. Just, we'll just say that we're really good. And then our, and then you about the time we did this, <laughs> right. And then
1: our poor heroes have gone from such lofty things as breaking the adamantine box and stealing the queen's jewels right out from under her free-roaming free-range snakes to you know I should probably tell you about the time we almost got caught stealing a bag of yams yeah, yeah.
0: so they find themselves with uh, only three Pazors to their name right Which and is they,
1: they have enough. a debate
0: that's enough to buy either a bottle of wine mm-hmm. or two loaves of bread a bottle of palm wine. Uh, pomegranate. Is it pomegranate wine or it, is it palm no, wine? The palm later. wine
1: comes later. We got some <laughs>
0: pomegranate wine. So the, the, the choice comes down to uh, do we get the bread to nurture ourselves so we can do it again tomorrow? Or do we get the wine so we can come up with a nice get rich quick scheme?
1: And Tirov was pretty quick to surrender to my superior reasoning,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they, they go for the wine, spoiler
1: right, Spoiler, they go for the wine. The, for the wine. we can, we can eat or we can get drunk right.
0: so so they get drunk, and and he says they don't buy good wine, they just get the wine that does the trick right this is
1: this <laughs> and, is Thunderbird, essentially, yeah.
0: so, now. For those of you who have imbibed, you get to the point when you're drinking or doing whatever you want to do, where you know you can solve all the world's problems if only they would listen to you. Right. They get to this point, they said, "Hey, we should go to uh, the old capital, um, Camorium, mm-hmm. because everyone knows that just all of a sudden." The whole pot everyone who lived there just left because of a a curse. But they just left everything there. They just they didn't bring all their gold and their jewels and everything's there just waiting to be taken. Ooh. And it's about a day away and we can just make a trip of it.
1: We can <laughs> make it,
0: a yeah, we make Come on. You
1: know <laughs> what was who's the who was the prophet um, who laid the c- curse on Camorium?
0: It was the white Sybil of Polarium, something like that. The white Sybil of Polarium.
1: You know, I I can imagine the folks in Comorium, you know, the white Sybil of Polarium says that doom will befall us. Oh, my God, really?
0: Oh, you better get the fuck out of here.
1: We better get the fuck out of here. Leave your wallets. It's fine.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, what about these precious heirlooms and keepsakes. And no, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. No, 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 Leave them. The sibyl has spoken. The sibyl has spoken. We need to get the fuck right now.
0: Okay, but, you know, still within the range of possibilities. shit Like, that happens, you know.
1: Well, so Temperature Zeros goes ahead and says, well, you know, everybody left. We don't know if it was some sort of plague that descended from the men of the north or spontaneous insanity broke out amongst the people of Camorium, but everybody left and they left their shit they left and that's the
0: tales all say that they just they just got up and left all the shits there they they left all the they they all came here it's like the neutron bomb yep all the people are gone all the shits still there so they decide that you know we could go there we can just bring you know we just bring back whatever and continue on with the lifestyle we deserve to to have
1: right and had we had three more puzzle for another bottle of wine, we would have went that night. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I wanted to go that... and He literally says that. <laughs> so they, they go to make preparations for the trip and they run into their landlord <laughs> who's trying to get their rent and they basically all but say they beat the shit out of him. <laughs> right. <laughs> they kick the landlord's ass before going on this trip because, you know... Fuck them!
1: We're gonna be right. rich. <laughs> they 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 kick the shit out of the landlord. They leave, and the concern becomes: Well, you know, we don't have. We spent our last three bucks on on this bottle of wine last night. You know, how are we gonna get food? And Satamtrazeros is like, we'll just rob our way there. <laughs>
0: yeah, they they robbed farmhouses on their yeah. way there. We'll fleece the country. They, they, you know, stole melons from the from the uh, fields and chickens from the coops. Right. And a bottle of
1: plum, uh, palm yeah,
0: wine. The palm wine out of the deal. Hopefully Which, they found a good tapest. Yes. Maybe they found
1: Maybe they found our hero, the palm wine drinker's uh, tapest. <laughs> All right,
0: so right. They're,
1: they're journeying to the land of the dead themselves.
0: And they're going along, la la la, along the country lane. Finally, they come to the entry into the old woods. And once they hit the old woods, everything changes. Um, there's a, it, it reminded me of uh, The Heart of Darkness. Mm-hmm. If you ever read Heart of Darkness, um, a good deal of that book is spent describing the oppressiveness of, uh, of, of the surrounding jungle. Right. The, all the old growth. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Smith does a lot of that in here where he talks about how um, there, there's nothing living, you can't hear any animals or birds, except every once in a while, a snake will slither out of the out of the undergrowth mm-hmm. in front of you. And uh, it's implied that the only things there are like evil creatures, like bats, and snakes.
1: Republicans.
0: Yeah, they're starting to have like, you know, they're starting to get freaked out um, as, as they're moving through this forest. And I think it's a really, really... Good tell of um, that that liminal period in fairy tales mm-hmm. where where you have a demarcation between the land that you know of, the rational land and the fairy tale land where irrational things happen and then going through this woods kind of like transitions you over to there and uh, the only thing that gets them through this without them like totally freaking out. Is the palm wine
1: right? They just instead of they, they ration it out, so instead of just like drinking it all and getting sloppy drunk, they, they ration it out so they just keep a, a good buzz of liquid courage going on, right. To keep them prodding forward.
0: They actually used, used the word the forest became less awesome, right? We drank until the forest <laughs> became less
1: awesome. It's like, oh, yeah.
0: Which is which is, you know, nowadays we use the word awesome to denote something that is clearly great mm. and awe inspiring. But right. well, back then, awesome meant like greater than you mm-hmm. and can smite you. Right. <laughs> it's awesome. It was awesome. some
1: mm-hmm.
0: They so, uh so the- so they were able to actually beat back the night so to speak um, by getting getting for schnickered on the way to the city absolutely absolutely and then help them out when they actually reach the city no no. (laughs) because all of a sudden they they reach this it's a beautiful place filled with like these old marble buildings and he takes the time to describe just the wondrous awe of the city and because they're a little drunk um and maybe it's because of instinct as well, because they are thieves, they go down a back alley in the deserted city. Right. <laughs> and they, go down, um, they
1: go down the back alley. But it's also interesting that this city of Comorium seems to be a, a mixture of styles as well, of architecture. Well, he, he talks about columned buildings and obelisks, and so a little bit of this, a little bit of you know that. I'm,
0: I'm guessing it's a very ancient city, that it's one of those cities that... Um, has just been there forever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's built upon and built upon with different cultural trends as the millennium go by. Pardon me, as the millennium go by. And then, you know, poof, everyone is is gone.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It it, it brings, brought to mind um, Anchor Watt. Yeah. That sort of type. Uh, the, the forest is encroaching on it it's overgrown you know there's more there are more monkeys than tourists that that sort of vibe and well, there weren't even monkeys though there and, no there weren't even monkeys the only they were the only living things really in this area
0: this was abandoned this is the the video game city uh, before the ambient sounds are put in um uh, before bef- you know before you have um the NPCs and the carts and everything put in uh, before even the shadows are rendered. This is like the raw deal. They are the only things in this city. Right. And
1: they're sneaking down this back alley. They duck into, well, that looks like an interesting place. They duck into this temple.
0: Yeah. But they know whose temple it is. Right. Um, Because, you know, I'm just going to come out and say it it's uh, Sathagwa's temple and they nail it and they're not like going into some mysterious old shrine. And um, they're like, Oh yeah, this is Sathodwa, um, who has a bit of a reputation in um, Hyperborea at large as being one of the elder gods that um, has lost human worshipers. And the only things that worship are the ancient evil species like apes and snakes and, and long Long-toothed tigers. Yeah, so like these these ancient enemies of man worship Sathagwa. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a primordial force. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's older and more evil than whatever gods they had going on in Hyperborea at the time. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder, why would you go in there? You have this whole beautiful city of riches stretched out in front of you. Why would you go into, like, the most evil place in the world? They never really explain why. Maybe because they were drunk. That's what I'm guessing. It's because they were drunk. Maybe uh, they thought, ooh, this place has got to have some good stuff because it's good godly stuff, you know, like the whole... Um, Wesley silver James, crosses. And a things. Wesley James Young uh, attitude.
1: <laughs> well, these are very Wesley James Young characters. Yeah, they are. So Tom Trazeros is clearly Wesley. He's
0: clearly a Clearwater.
1: <laughs> That's what Tom Trazeros
0: means. <laughs> That's right. It's hyper-bore- hyperborean. for clear Actually, water. didn't
1: Wesley uh, recommend this story to us? He did. Uh, both Wes... And Nick did. Uh, all right. So they go in there and they're checking out the statue. And they're like, man, this statue sucks.
0: The statue sucks. The temple sucks. And there's nothing in there.
1: Right. There's and nothing
0: in there but a bowl. Everything is made from the same dark material. The eye. They, they, they figure, you know, you figure you're going to go into this. this temple and there's going to be like jewels for eyes on the statue. Like on the player's handbook. Right, <laughs> but there's not. Actually,
1: the the image on the player's handbook is very similar to Sathagwa.
0: Yeah, ex- except for you know,
1: it's more demony than than. Yeah, Bat we're talking Frog. AD&D
0: first edition, right? First edition player's handbook, and there's jewels, and there's jewels <laughs> for eyes, and there's jewels for eyes, and they're they're uh, they're prying them out, and they're carting away some lizard thing, right. So so yeah, so there's nothing there at except for this bowl that's filled with like some fetid liquid, like viscous oil
1: liquid. That really stinks. Yeah, it stinks of like the swamp. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, some, I guess because they were drunk,
0: hey,
1: they go over to the bowl.
0: Yeah, let's go touch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's go look at listen. Well, there's let's no nothing to steal. Let's like go look it. in the bowl and see what's <laughs> going on there.
0: Yeah, so the bowl starts to boil over, and this is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Hold on, because I, I have it right here. This evolution uh, increased rapidly as the center swelled as if with the action of some powerful yeast, and we watched in utter horror while an uncouth, amorphous head with dull and bulging eyes arose gradually on an ever-lengthening neck and stared at us in the face with primordial malignancy. Then two arms, if one can call them arms, likewise arose inch by inch, and we saw that the thing was not as we had thought a creature immersed in the liquid, but that the liquid itself had put forth this hideous neck and head, and it was now forming these damnable arms that groped towards us with tentacle-like appendages in lieu of claws or hands." Roll for initiative. Yeah. That's that's certainly not, it was so horrible I can't describe it. Right.
1: No, that <laughs> was, was.
0: It crept out of a bowl and formed itself out of itself.
1: Mm hmm. And so our heroes do the only thing they can think of. Yeah. They fucking run like won. hell. They run till they can't run anymore. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and this part, we, we mentioned that it's kind of a. a, a bloody comedy at the beginning because of the temporarily embarrassed millionaires. The, you know, shall we eat or shall we, you know, get drunk? They get drunk. They get drunk on the way there. The entire sequence of them running away from this monster
0: is almost cartoonish. I, it's very Scooby-Doo-ish with the, you know, you have the hall with the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they're, they're, Literally, he says, they're, they're running around every corner they can, trying to shake this thing. And after running for uh, long enough for them to, uh, to uh, be panting from their heroic efforts, they look and <laughs> chugging away after him. And at this point, the thing has turned into a huge snake with legs, with like mm-hmm. 12 sets of legs popping yes. along.
1: Like a centipede or
0: something. Yeah, like a, a snake centipede. Black. Right. Like pitch black. That's right. We we heroically fled. We bravely ran away. So at this point, they're like fuck and they take off into the woods and they're gonna write the whole thing off as a loss. Mm-hmm. But now, because they dawdled, because they got drunk, because they took their time the moon's not out anymore and it's pitch black in the woods. Right. And uh, the, every trap, every pitfall, every deadfall, every branch that, that gets in their way, they seem to hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the whole time... They, they
1: think, he, even says, he even says, we ran directly into the tree.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, it's, it's, pitch, it's pitch black. They're panicking. And this unknown thing is coming after them. And it's like a horrible thing. They describe it as its mouth just keeps on opening and opening so that they know that if it catches them, they're gulped down in one bite. hmm
1: So where do they run? They they run back into the city. And instead of picking a different building.
0: Yeah, they, they, they end up running around in a circle. Mm-hmm. When they end up back into the city, and in, yeah, instead of like going into another building, barring themselves somewhere else, they go right back to the temple.
1: They run inside, they shut the door, they throw, slam one of the locks up, and the sun starts to rise. Yeah, and the light starts piercing through a cleverly foreshadowed series of holes at the top of the door.
0: Right. Well, the, the door doesn't fit very well anymore. It's starting to rot off of its frame. Right. Um, there's definitely some some places where you can see daylight coming through.
1: Mm-hmm. And the daylight doesn't make thogwa look any better.
0: No. But the horrible thing is the daylight gets blacked out.
1: Mm -hmm. The daylight gets blacked out and And, this ooze creature, the black pudding, starts coming through the
0: cracks. Yeah, just like through each separate crack, filling it up and Mm -hmm. then reforming on the other side. Right, very T-1000 kind of thing
1: going on there. 1929, by the way. Right. Now, here's where we see the true nature of (laughs) Sathampra's friendship. Yeah, this is great. With Tiro. <laughs> he looks over at his pal and says, see ya! Yeah. And runs behind the statue of Sothogwa, which
0: can only fit one person. Right. He, so bulk, specifically his belly and his hips, is has enough girth to hide one. One guy.
1: And poor Tirov is left in there. He's looking around. Where do I hide? Where do I hide? Where do I hide? Well, there's only one place. There's only one other place inside the bowl. So, so he <laughs> he climbs inside the bowl to hide. And right behind him. Right behind him. Comes, look, 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 look.
0: comes the thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Into the bowl. <laughs> and that's the end of our poor friend Tirov.
0: Right. So... So decides, oh, well, this is my chance. Yeah, he must be full of Tiro by now. I'm digesting He's, him slowly. He back in and he starts to, he hesitates at the lock thinking, if I make noise, it's going to hear. But it's the only way.
1: But, and these are the men, these are the guys who broke the adamantine box. That's right, silently. Silently.
0: Using acid, but he didn't bring us acid. Because, you know, temporarily embarrassed millionaires couldn't afford it. That's right.
1: So he rolls his stealth check and gets a one.
0: (laughs) He doesn't get a one. He He fails it, though. Yeah, he gets a two. And a pseudopod just comes out like an afterthought from this bowl and wraps itself around his hand just as he gets the door open and he pulls with all his might falls backwards and rejoices for a minute because he's free only to realize my arm hurts the thing took his hand
1: it's like my my man you know I'm free I'm free my arm man it shit stings and he looks down at the the properties of this creature Kind of cauterized the
0: wound. Yeah, he described it as like being completely cold, and like a a cold liquid knife mm-hmm. had just constricted his his hand and uh, off of his off of his arm. Yeah, just kind of squeezed it right off, just pop. and that's where it ends.
1: And he he says, you know what? He can eat my friend. Enjoy my hand, son,
0: because I'm out of here. And yeah, he goes and the last, I mean, it's just, just such a great story. I mean, he doesn't, it doesn't even say what happens. You assume he makes his way back because he's writing the damn thing. Right. Yeah, somehow um, he did
1: some money because he uses some really expensive paper and really yeah. fancy ink to write this story.
0: But the last bit of this story is I saw the tentacle recoil and shorten till it passed from view behind the rim of the basin, bearing my lost hand to join whatever now remained of Tirov on Palios. And that's the end. That's Kiss. the end. And really you don't need any more. Because he got, you know he got back to where he wanted to go. Who cares how? The, the good part happened. hmm
1: I mean... There's also kind of maybe an implication since he's back there, he's writing this story and he's using this, the finest vellum made from mammoth hide in this special ink that dries a blood red color that maybe because it's September Zeroes he might have just like tore off part of his shirt, bandaged his shit up went into a different building scooped up a bunch of gold and left. Yeah, very well could have. But, maybe, you know, maybe that doesn't make him out to be a hero or right. or keeping people away from it. Maybe he just knows where not to go now. Yeah. And he t- he's telling people, don't go there. And he's going there on the regular and just scooping up all this. Everything, I don't know. He wants. I would never go
0: back there. I'm sorry. You would never go back I would never go back
1: there. I mean. But it's really hard to say because. He's not an unreliable narrator in terms of his, his mental acumen. No. He's an unreliable narrator
0: in, in the fact that he's a thief. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a rogue, and he definitely has the capacity to, to um, misdirect you. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I personally would not go back there.
1: You personally would not go back there, but you know you're not South Hampton That's and, true, and because you would not go back there, that means his story has done exactly what he wanted it to.
0: It worked, yeah. It, it certainly worked. Um,
1: so that was that was a great story. I yes. loved it. Now,
0: um, along those lines, he very well could have gotten to a a fight with his buddy um, while they were looting the city instead of all this crazy stuff. He oh yeah, this is, in a duel killed his friend, made it back and you know, in order to not be prosecuted. Made but up the story. This, talk to Amy's story about this jelly in a bowl.
1: Right, exactly. And he doesn't want anybody to go there because they'll find the body and realize that he's a murderer.
0: Right, and, and take away his source of income.
1: Oh, absolutely. So there's so many ways this story could go.
0: And that's one of the it, things
1: that makes it interesting.
0: If you just take it as a straight story, it's still a great story. Oh, yeah. Without any, you know, of the subtext or anything. It's still it's just a great classic kind of story of, a, of, of, you know, heroic or not so heroic fantasy.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely the not so heroic. They heroically fled. And that's
0: pretty much but, it. But that's part of, that's, you know, that, that happens. That's like Jack Vance stuff, and you know your your boy, the stainless steel rat, and yeah, and uh, you know Fawford and the gray Mauser and all that shit. You know the shit that wasn't Conan or wasn't Elric.
1: Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that didn't run away.
0: No, and sensible at,
1: sensible at, heroes run away.
0: Yeah, look at what happened to Elric.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now. We're gonna continue um another two weeks with Clark Ashton Smith stories. Um, what are we looking at next?
0: I think next we were gonna actually do um was it the seven geuses or the dark eidolon?
1: I think we we're gonna do the dark eidolon next. All right.
0: Dark Eidolon is next, and then probably the seven geuses, geases. Right. I don't know how you say it, but that's
1: gonna be next. Yes. So catches for the, the rest of Clark Ashton Smith month. And we also have another big announcement is Microphones of Madness is now available on Spotify.
0: Yeah, I have that.
1: So you can uh you can't add podcast playlists just yet. I believe their functionality is still fairly new. But uh you can catch if you listen if you have Spotify, you listen to Spotify a lot, you can catch the microphones of Madness there. Um, you can catch us on Stitcher, the usual outlets, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts, you can find Microphones Madness.
0: Yeah, we're pretty much everywhere.
1: So when you find us, throw us a like, throw us a share, leave a review, and all of that goes to help us, tell us perhaps how perhaps even we become are. better. Yeah, tell us how lame we are and we can work on becoming better. That's true. So until then, say goodnight, Gracie, and keep thirty luck points like September Zeros did.
0: He certainly did. Good night, everybody. See yeah. ya.